Welcome to Love Talk, Love Talk for Everyday People. I am your host, Tracy J. Hines, and with me tonight, I have Terry Saleh and Leslie Lee. What's hey, up, ladies? Tracy. Hey, Leslie. Hey. Good evening, good evening. Good evening. So before we get into it, um, I just want to have a moment of silent prayer for um, Tyree Nichols. Um, I'm just devastated, you know, our, our, our men are not protected. They are just so not protected and something has to change. So let's, let's give a moment of silent prayer. So I don't know um, what, how, if you have either of you seen the video? No, I'm not going to watch it. Same here. I'm not going to watch it. I, I don't think I can take that into my headspace because mm -hmm. you can't unsee it, you know? You can't unsee it. It's too traumatic. I'm, how much trauma can a person go through? Exactly. That's how I feel. Leslie, you saw it? I saw clips of it based on mm -hmm. what different shows. And it's horrific. Yeah, I'm I not, can I can't, can't do that. I can only, you know, you know what crossed my mind, you know, thinking about coming on tonight and talking about that. Each of us, this could have been Justin, Kareem, Jelani, Omari. It could have been any Joey and, and any one of our children. It could have been in this same exact situation. We're boy moms. So, uh, this affects me. It makes me feel like I have to worry about my children, my grown as children, I still have to worry about the nonsense that goes on in the street. And it's, it's scary for me. It's very scary for me. I worry about them every single day. And then when I see stuff like this, it just, I just can't understand. What is the reasoning? I mean, is it just, I don't understand the reason behind it. You know, what was he doing that was deserving of this? So... When I was, I'm sorry, um, Terry, I didn't mention Jamal. I'm sorry. That's okay. Yeah, we each of us has two adult sons. So when I was out of college, I dated a guy that was a cop, and he had no integrity. He was just <laughs> he was a dog, and I'm not trying to indict every cop out there but there's always bad apples in any group right and i just felt like these were a bunch of street hoods just cops that just decided that the guy ran from them and that's an unwritten law you run from me i'm gonna make you pay for it or you step on my shoelaces, I'm going to make you pay for it. Or you talk back to me, I'm going to make you pay for it. It's just street. It's just, it's just street. There's no explanation for what they did. They were just street. And I can't say the N-word, but that's what I want to say. That happened to have badges on. Um, and they just took it, took it to the street level. I... Um... I'm just so um, all over the place in my thoughts because there's a lot going on here because what I'm 
concerned about is the idea that people want to take this scenario and remove it from the, the racial category. And it is about race. Even though no a black man that committed this crime, it is a crime that is visited upon black people and people of color just because of the color of their skin. And when we go back to the origins of what policing came from, it's coming from a place of controlling black bodies and people of color. So therefore, when you are a person, just like Terry said, somebody that has no integrity in this, at some point, you feel that you're within your rights to control that black body because you're hiding behind that blue shield and that blue wall and and the idea that they went through all the talking points that you would go through when you're trying to set the stage that this person did something wrong. And they were doing that on the scene. So I'm like, I, I still go back to when in Beverly Hills Cops, even though that was a comedy, even though it was funny, whenever they tried to tell the story about what took place in an incident, Eddie Murphy always refrained it like, no, 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 this is how it went. And I feel like from the beginning of time, that's always been the scenario that police officers are going to always frame the story so that they can benefit, so they can kill people with, without um, being held accountable. And so whenever they get to tell the story, it's like the same talking point. Like this young man, you've got both of his hands got him handcuffed you got he's 150 pounds y'all had him surrendered sequestered you will beat him to death but you can hear in the background stop moving your hands stop trying to go for my gun stop doing this stop because those were all the talking points because they thought that if they could get away with it they said these things to this they man. knew the body cameras were rolling correct right. the body right. cameras were rolling and so they were saying all these things because those are the those are reasons why you have to have this 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 horrific force. Correct. And then mm -hmm. even down to when they went to the mother's house, and they were already setting the stage for the mother, like uh, something happened to your son, but you can't go to the hospital. And yeah, you know, well, uh, we don't know what happened. So they went to her house. So, I'm not saying these Cooper guys, but somebody right. up in all of this went to the mother's house, told her that her son was hurt, couldn't find, she couldn't find out any details from these people, but they were kind of setting the stage that something went on. It was probably his son's fault. He's hurt, but don't go look for him. Don't, don't go look for him. We'll, we'll, we, I guess they were going to inform her. It wasn't. Right, we'll keep, right. We'll keep you abreast and we'll give you the story that we want you to have. It wasn't until the hospital called her and said, is this your son? And why aren't you here? Because he's very bad off. That's how mm -hmm. she, where he was. So they that, were That early dating situation, I was in my 20s. I wasn't even 25 yet. But I learned very quickly that 
they will put anybody on the force. <laughs> you don't have to have any morals, any integrity. You, they will allow you to be on a force and get a gun. If you pass the test and you can do the physical test and the written test, you're in. Yeah. And going to Leslie's point, I also think, Leslie, I, th I agree with everything Leslie said. I think it's been ingrained in their system that Black lives are less valuable than white lives. I just can't imagine if a white boy, well, you've seen it so many times before, right. a white boy has right. stepped on their shoelaces or a white boy tried to run or a white boy gave some lip, would they have beat him like no. they beat that man? No. And it's just, it's ingrained. It's ingrained. We, we can it do reminds this me is going back to slavery. You know, you had the slaves in the field and then you had the slaves that worked in the house, you know, and the slaves that worked in the house were brutal to the slaves that worked in the field because they followed what their white masters uh, did. And, and this is what this reminds me of. It's conditioning. This these lives do not matter. And they're less valuable and you can get away with anything that you need to do or anything that you do. And it's okay. You know, when is it not going to be okay? That's what I want to know. When is it not going to be okay? When white people speak up and say this is wrong. When white people overwhelmingly agree that this is wrong, that's when it's going to stop. Instead it's of making excuses and saying, if he would just, you know, because that's old. They do it, it all the time, but that's so old. And until white people agree that this is wrong, it's going to keep happening. I mean, it wasn't until we had cameras that these things were still happening. Right, right. We know that. We know these things were going on. Yeah. Because what's, what's ironic to me is that these officers know that they have body cams on. They know they're being recorded. But that's what Leslie said, that they, they know that they're being recorded. And so they know to speak certain narratives mm -hmm. to support that when they go to court, you heard me say, stop reaching for my gun. Right. He was trying to shoot me. You know, it's just crazy. It is just crazy to me. And, and the sad part is that we have a group of congressmen, senators, and a whole bunch of people on Capitol Hill that are not going to do anything about it. Nope. Nothing. So what do we do? You know, what do we do as, as, as mothers of young men that could find themselves in this position anyway, any day? Protest. Because what I don't want anybody to ever get the idea ever in this case, in any other case, that it's not okay for cops to act with impunity and get away with all the things that they get away with when they are wrong, when you are dead wrong. And the problem that I'm having is that these cops, it was a swift decision by the chief of police, everybody else to fire them. But what they need to talk about is that same chief of police was the same woman that put together this Scorpio and all of these units that they need to over-police black communities because they claim it's for the crime. So yeah, you were able to fire them really quick, but you put them, you, you, knew that this task force, the school, exists. And when we continue to allow police to police themselves, we're going to always have this end result. You cannot police yourself. Yeah, yeah there, that was the discussion that I 
saw on a, a news program is who polices the police? Mm-hmm. The police is it, is it the city council? Is it some special task force? But as local citizens, we need to make sure that the police departments in our particular jurisdictions are being held accountable. And it definitely starts there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Vote counts, vote, vote the mayor out, vote the city council out, vote them out if they um appear to be in cahoots with the police and are not taking these things seriously, they gotta go. This brings me back to when our neighbor got killed many years ago, Paul Maxwell. And yeah. nobody yeah. paid attention to this. And I remember talking his brother and he even made mention of the fact that they went to Al Sharpton with that scenario and they didn't want to pick it up. I don't I don't know what it was. He was claiming it had to do with money. I don't know, but they did not take that case. This was back in the nineties. That case was horrifying. It was horrifying. I stood there and watched them. I watched them. Absolutely watched them. And how do you it's just there's no defense. These these people that are being attacked, they have no defense. He was naked. This guy happened to be, it was clear he was mentally ill. You know, it was clear that he wasn't stable. That's that's what I should say. It's clear that he was not stable. He was walking down the street naked. So he's not hiding a weapon, you know, but they still found just cause to to beat him. It's just crazy. It's crazy. They didn't they shot him. They didn't beat Paul. They shot him. They Pulled his body full of bullets. They didn't beat him. I thought they hit him first and then beat him with a club. I'm sorry, hit him, beat him with a club first and then shot him. They shot him point blank. They didn't even get close enough to touch him or fight him. They beat. They shot him. Hmm. And how and many years ago was that? Over 25 years ago. Back in the 90s. It was like around 90. There was no body cam there. So, I mean, that's proof that things were happening. It was absolutely happening. There was oh, no yeah. body cam. Do you if know you how many people got body. lynched? Right. <laughs> nobody knew what happened to their body. The body uh-huh. was And even, you know, in our time, like that situation, how many in mm-hmm. inner city in Brooklyn? I still have a, a male cousin. We We have not seen him in 20 years no one knows no. what happened to him really no one really? knows what happened to him he lived in but, brooklyn yeah he lived in bushwick and mm-hmm. you know word on the street is something happened to him and his body was taken care of but that happened i believe it yeah. i believe it happens and it will continue to happen i'm just terrified for my children and Everybody. But, but yeah, it starts at the uh, local level. It starts with protesting. It starts with making sure you're holding city council um, and whoever's supposed to be policing the police, holding them accountable. We have to do it at the local level. But you know what this reminds me of, too? It's not reminds me of, but it's so difficult when the police have no morals, no integrity, and then trying where's the truth, right? Because some people are dangerous. So you don't know right. where to decide. And then I right. think about with the Central Park Five, like I remember that 
like it was yesterday. And I remember having a definite opinion. And I thought those young men were guilty based on what the evidence what, held. And what, what was they, provided to us, yeah. So it's like, how do you determine who's telling the truth? And now I'm like looking at every cop with suspicion. Like, I don't believe a word you say. And sometimes I find myself, especially if it's a, a person of color, when they're being pulled over, like, should I stop? Should I stay? Should I take a video? Like, make sure they're okay? Because you, I can't believe and trust in the police anymore because you don't know when they are just trying to cover their behinds or if something really bad happened. Right, right. It's true. They're supposed to protect and serve, but I don't think anybody even believes that about police anymore. And now you see a policeman, you're like, oh, here we go. What yeah. kind of nonsense is about to go down? It's about it's, to go down. Exactly. Yeah. And I exactly. That's how I feel. If I get pulled over because, you know, I tend to drive a little faster than I should. If I get pulled over, I'm like very nervous. I'd be, I crack my window. I don't open it wide because I may have to pull off because you may be trying to kill me on some level and I may have to just get out of there quickly. And I'm, I'm scared. Families to call the police when there's domestic violence involved. I, you got to be very careful about the scenarios and when you call the police. And if it's something like if, if somebody's having a, a, a mental episode or whatever, be very careful because the same group of people that you're calling to protect and serve, they're coming to your house with guns blazing and they yeah. all you're getting help for your family member or whatever the scenario is, or you just trying to get free from something. You didn't ask them to come in there and kill up the whole family. And police right. will do they, they will, will do, do that. that. They will do that. They will kill up the whole family. Mm. Families, houses, ready to kill up everybody in the house. Oh, what? We got a call? Come with your guns. We're going to kill everybody. And then it'll be over. And then we don't have to come back here again, okay? Not even a... Mm. Yeah, he also did not get any medical help, I heard. None. And that's also another that's issue. That's what I heard. They were at the scene while he was suffering, bending down and tying their shoelaces and carrying yeah, it on? I, I don't understand that either. Are they... <sighs> Are they in cahoots with the police department? Because again, you're supposed to be a medical professional. And I thought when we call you again, we thinking you're supposed to be assisting us and saving a life. But it appeared that, and I haven't seen the video, but from what I've heard that they did not even offer medical assistance. Again, same thing. The life was not valued at all. Um, however, when a, a mass shooter shoots up something, he gets taken to McDonald's on his way to the jail and he's given a meal, but somebody laying a bulletproof vest. So nothing will happen right. to him. Somebody so laying on the street, uh, dying doesn't even have, gets no dignity at all. Yeah, well, you it's, uh, it is in their oath. When they see an injured person, even if they injured that person, that they're supposed to render help. They're not yes. supposed to be standing around. So they need to be I, fired too. I don't know if they were. No, they, they were fired. That were that were involved in the immediate situation. Now they're trying to figure out any of the surrounding people that witnessed 
how much no, they so the medical the medical technicians were fired as well. Oh, I don't know about the medical. No, that's no, what I I'm didn't talking hear that. About. I'm talking about the people who stood around again, people who took oaths to save lives. Y'all, they need to be fired too. Everybody that I can see on that video that did nothing or made the situation worse, they all need to be fired. Well, you know, Ben Crump said something. He was like, this should be the start of how situations like this are handled in the future. Because white cops, what they do, they do something real different. This, If this was a group of white cops, they probably would not have been fired right away because they're always assumed that there was a reason why they had to act like that, right? So if they don't get fired right away, they're on some kind of desk duty. That gives them an opportunity to get things straightened out with their families. Like, what are we going to do with property, money? All, like, I have to tell him, but we got time to figure this stuff out. Yeah, they have time. They get time to figure it out, to to get their stories together, to get into cahoots, make sure everybody's saying the same thing. They're not fired right away. They're not sent to jail right away. These guys were sent to jail immediately, fired, and they were in jail. They were being bailed out. You know, it, it doesn't happen that way. It's never happened this swift, ever. That is, so this is how it should be. This is how it should go down. Swift action. With the white cops... The thing that's afforded to them is that they get to get the time that it takes to secure their families in the event that they go to jail or something happens that they lose their jobs. They get the right. chance for their families. And I'm not saying that that's right. It's not right. And I'm not saying that these, these same black cops should have been afforded death duty and all that stuff. This should be the norm. Yes. For, yeah. I mean, there was, I don't know if you remember, there was a state trooper that went to, I forgot where he start, where he was from, but he went and drove and killed his girlfriend and family. And he was claiming mental illness, I guess. I don't know. Do you, I just recently found out that his peers, his buddies, they went to his apartment, cleaned shit up, made sure there was no evidence. These, those people should be fired. Yes, they should be fired. They absolutely should be fired. They should be brought up on the same charges, you know, because they are accessories, you know, they're accessory to the crime. They're helping, aiding and abetting. <laughs> and they well, liars, liars will stick together. <laughs> yes, they will. That. They all have dirt. They all have yeah. dirt. They, they all have stick together. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I've that, heard that band of blue that you hear all the time. I've heard situations where they're getting themselves situated, like in the sense that the wives will divorce them so that they can have all the assets in their names. Like yeah, that's what uh, Derek Chauvin did. He was Derek trying Chauvin. to get rid of all of his assets. Yeah, yeah. It's so crazy. you know those games. We, I understand those games. That, but that we need to get to the root of the issue, which is why do you feel it's okay to take a life over? What was this a traffic stop? I what think was so. The reason, like somebody asked on the news program, do cops need to respond to 
non-life-threatening situations? Is there another person or are guns needed? That was the question. Are guns needed when we are responding to a traffic stop? Can somebody else be responding? Because yeah, I don't understand how we had five officers at this one scene that didn't appear to be um, dangerous. Street. It wasn't dangerous until they got there. <laughs> it, it it just it it went real street. He probably cursed at one of them, and then they just lost it, and they went street. It's just like I don't even see that he cursed that murder. I don't know what happened, Leslie, but at some point they turned street street enough that you don't really matter to me, and I'm just gonna kick your ass. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's the adrenaline, the idea that they thought they really had something there. What they didn't think of is the the life that they were going to destroy, the family that they were going to destroy, and their own families that they just destroyed. They were so hyped up on whatever the action was that they did not even think. If you're thinking, the last thing you jeopardize your whole life. Right. Why would you do that? Why would you do it's that? It's crazy. It is so crazy. And and this is why I cannot sit and watch the news all day long. I cannot. And I hadn't turned on the news in a couple of days because I was getting overwhelmed with other things that are going on. And I turn on that day and all of this, and then there's more mass shootings and they just won't stop. The mass shooting is now normal. That's what happens. They just... It's too much. It is just too much for me. It hurts my heart. It really does. Yeah, but I think, you know, we have to remain vigilant. Um, we need to take up the charge, as Leslie told us a couple months ago, and be real adamant about um, seeing what change we can make for ourselves in this situation. Because if we don't, it's going to happen again. again, you know? again. And we all have sons. Like you said, this could happen to any of our sons. Any of our boys. Oh, our men are not safe. They are not safe. Has anybody watched the um, 1619 Project on Hulu? I started watching it. Um, I haven't finished it. How about no. you? You got it, Les? I, I watched the first two episodes. And it's... it's this, is where, this is why we're in this predicament. This country has never atoned for its greatest sin. And we're still living it out in different variations, different versions of it, because this country has done everything in its power to make race the thing that divides us, keeps us separate. And they, there are certain people in this country that want to believe that this country is strictly for them and everybody else is in their way or taking something from them. And this has been going on from the beginning of time. And because people are comfortable with the idea of suppressing and holding back a certain group of people, they're never going to fix it. It does not serve anyone to fix this if they think that they're going to lose power in some kind of way. Is that what the documentary is about? That's not what it's about. No, it's about. It's just about the history of race. Okay. Since slavery, since 1619. And it starts with voting um, and how all that 
is uh, affecting everything that happens in America. I haven't watched, I haven't gotten past the first episode. The thing that crushed me with the first episode is that gentleman that she spoke to who was part of SNCC and trying to get people to register to vote in, I think it was Mississippi. And he's still here, still able to tell his story. And he got arrested during one of their protests. And while he was in jail, he had asked for um, the food of another inmate who refused their food. And because he even asked to eat, they beat him, strung him up, was about to hang him. He was hanging for so long. He had handcuffs on. He was hanging to the point where he like, was losing all his bodily functions. He defecated on himself. And a church group came through. And that's what saved him. Mm. This Still here today. I don't know if I can watch that. I, I don't know if I can watch that. He's still here today to tell his story. And had we have learned that type of history, only thing mm-hmm. that they taught us is in school is what they wanted to press. Had we have learned all of those types of stories, it wasn't just about Rosa Parks. It wasn't even just about Emmett Till. It wasn't just about Martin. The King, it was so many stories that they will will not let us learn. And we still have people who are just dead set against learning Black history that we don't know what we used to be, who we used to be, so that we don't repeat those stories and do the same thing in the future. We're at the point now, like, we're we're going to repeat history. It's happening right in front of our face. My question is how much of that negative information, the traumatic information, how much is too much to the point where you decide you're not going to be, you're not going to fight anymore. You give up. Is, Is there a a point of diminishing returns where, okay, I know, I know slavery. I know about the, um, the past, the middle passage, you know, some of us have been to Africa. We've been through Ghana. We know what they suffer. Do I have to keep watching and hearing about this stuff and keep going through trauma, physical trauma, that's my thing. It's trauma for me. And I, I, I can't take too much of that. You know, watching it over and over and over again, there's some kind of conditioning that goes on with that. You know, watching all of these, these I'm going to call for lack of a better word, these slave movies. I can't take all of that into my spirit. I just can't. It becomes too much. And like you said, Terry, it's, it's trauma. And you're reliving it again and again and again. And you don't know the effects of that. You know, it, it you don't know the effects of it. It's tough. It's very hard. Okay, so I hear you. But you know who will never let people forget their history and how traumatizing it was to keep reliving, reliving it over and over? The, the Jews. The Jewish people. Oh, yeah, yes. we hear about that. Wasn't it Wasn't it last week was Jewish Holocaust Day or yeah. week? Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. They yeah. tortured. It was horrific. 
But what they're not going to do is let you act like it never happened. And they're going to teach their children and they have to learn that history. I'm not saying that the problem that we that that and and help me if I'm if I'm wrong, the problem that I think that you're experiencing is that you're only thinking about the one side of how bad slavery was when there was such more history about who we are and who we were that made us yes. great. Yes. I agree with that. I would love to hear that side, the kings and the queens. But it's yeah. not all be kings and queens and greats. And it might be the warriors that just kept fighting for us. The yeah. Slaves, yeah. Nobody was, they, they, if you listen to Nicole Hannah-Jones and what she was able to discover and what other people are coming, telling the story of, it was all the different revolts the idea that people did not want to be enslaved and that they yeah. all kept fighting and kept fighting. So maybe our glory is in the idea that we had ancestors and, and forefathers that kept fighting because they always knew what it would feel like to be free. Right. Yeah, those kinds of movies I can listen to and watch all day long. I can see, I can see that all day long and hear about who we were before. That I appreciate and, and welcome, but the other- And I think also, Leslie, I, I definitely appreciate the Jews and what they've been through. I think the difference is that Black people are still, just because of their skin color, still being traumatized. Um, I don't hear a lot about, I mean, I, you hear about bombings of some of the Jewish temples. Um, but does a Jewish guy with a yarmulke on get beat down and killed because he has a yarmulke on by the cop? Depending on hearing, you know, that yarmulke is our skin color, you know, right? And, and, and so, and our we're still going that's that's the problem for me, yeah. I, I understand about all the history, but I, I feel like we're still going through it. I'm not sure if they're still going through it at the same extent. Well, I don't, I don't know if you can compare it at the same extent, but I know that Jews are being persecu persecuted around the world. Yeah, yeah. They're being persecuted in this country. You, like you said, of the synagogues being shot up, there's White you know, there's war going on in their country as we speak. You know, the Israelis yeah. and the Palestinians, I think, are still fighting. Uh, there were several killed just yesterday in a bombing, mm -hmm. but that's over there. I'm talking oh. about the Jews in America and the blacks in America. I just feel like we are just still being beat down. Yeah. And it's yeah. just, it's, yeah. it does become yeah. too much. But it can't be that it's too much that is too much to learn, not to learn. Oh, I agree. I agree. I'm definitely going to watch the the project and all all of the episodes. Um, even though I know most of that history, it's always nice to hear from a different perspective yeah, and to I'm watch see um, all of the people that are being interviewed and what they're going through. And in some ways, we can't even really compare what we're going through in 2023 to what slaves went through. Yes, you know, yes. during slavery, we can't really compare. Can if you go listen, watch episode two, we can. The idea that women 
black women's bodies in this day and age are still viewed as something something exceptional something to tolerate more the idea that our birth rates are killing us in some respects and if you if you tie it back to slavery and tie it back to what women went through we're still living those same things so if we can relate it's there mm -hmm. it exists how, yeah. how, like you gotta watch episode two. Yeah, let's commit to watching it and then have another episode talking yeah. about that. Yes, I think there's some some power in that. We're gonna move on. Disconnect. Um, say no, it again. No disconnect between what happened 400 years ago and what's still being perpetrated against us today. There's no disconnect. It's been a running stream a, a decades of how to abuse black people so you can't disconnect it and sit back and because we live in this this comfortable time and we're all comfortable with our lives and every day and we we, we earn money we are still in a situation where things that were perpetrated against us 400 years still have the same impact on us today and because we have a group of people white people in particular that don't want us to know that history because the minute you start to know who you are and the minute you start to confirm that you are great then you think differently you act differently now they got a problem on their I will watch and we will talk for sure. I will definitely watch it. Maybe not next episode, but the one after that, because I'm sure it's going to take me some time to get through it. Because my heart's going to hurt when I start seeing all kinds of craziness. Anyway. Break and pull it back together again. Yep. So um, we started this podcast talking about love, and I decided that everything fell under the category of love. So I wanted to share with you ladies that um, I'm still dating. I'm still in the game um, doing online dating. And I had a date yesterday. So let me just give you um, a, little, a little history. We were speaking um, almost daily for about a month. Um, the conversations flowed. Everything seemed nice. You know, I was looking at pictures and enlarging them to see what I can see, you know, looking for that third eye in the middle of the forehead or the unicorn hanging out <laughs> the back. Everywhere. And none of that was visible, you know? So um, my interest peaked and we decided, okay, let's meet. Let's just meet and see if there is a connection. So um, he's he lives kind of far. And so we met in the middle. We went to uh, Daytona. Um, and when I got there, there was no parking. He called me and said, oh, I found parking. Make it right here and you'll see my car pull up behind me. And I thought that was, you know, very nice and very courteous. It's like, oh, that's promising. You know, the little things, okay? I get out. Still, he looks fine. Everything's great. Gives me a hug. I hug him back. And we're walking across the street. Still, no issues. I thought, okay, this is, seems like he's a nice guy. 
we get to the restaurant, we order pretty quickly and sit down and we're chit-chatting. And we spent a lot of time talking about God, you know. And um, it, it, it appeared to me that um, he was chewing gum. And I couldn't understand, you know, why he's playing with his gum. But, you know, I didn't. We continued the conversation. And then I was listening to the, this, the talk about God and I'm saying, we're never going to agree on, on the same topics because he's saying things that sound a little 5%-ish to me, you know, like we're gods. And I don't believe that I am a God. I believe that I, there is a God and I'm in the image of God, but I don't believe that I'm a God and thus I don't need to pray. And that's kind of what um, he was bringing across. So I tried to change the conversation. Um, and still, I was interested, still interested. And I asked, you know, what, what are your, what are you, what are, where do you see yourself in five years? And he brought it right back to the God conversation. He said, um, I would like to be closer, have a closer relationship with God. And I said, okay. And then we went again into the Bible and picked out a verse in Psalms, one verse. I think it was 82.2 or it's 82.6 in Psalms where it does say you're a God, but then the next verse after it, it talks about made in the image of, and you're a child of God. So you can't just pull one verse and that is your whole decision about religion. I mean, you can if you want to, but that's not how I think it works. So anyway, I, I excused myself, went to the bathroom, and came back. And while he's talking, I still see um, what looks to me like he's got a piece of gum in his mouth and he's playing with the gum. And I, and I said, I had to ask, I said, um, what happened? Uh, you know, I want to ask you something, but I don't want you to feel offended, but I must know. Um, what happened to your bottom teeth? So what I thought was gum wasn't literally gum. It was, it wasn't actually gum. It was literally his gums. He did not have bottom Wow. So I'm thinking something like that, you should kind of share, right? Don't you think that's something <laughs> you would share? When, when is he supposed to share that? <laughs> before, before we decide to meet, I'm thinking you should Are share you, So that. you think he's supposed to share that before y'all see each other in person? Because you will never see each other in person if he shares that before. Well, then, then we wouldn't be wasting each other's time. And then I can make a decision and you can make a decision. So, you know, that was that. And he was very casual about it, which surprised me. He said, oh, you know, I don't, I, I, you know, I had an infection in my gums, you know, coming from the hood. I think he would live in Harlem in Manhattan, in the city. He said, coming from, from, from the hood, you know, we didn't always do the best health care. And he got an infection in his gums. And so, you know. They had to come out. And I'm thinking, so you don't have dentures? He's like, yeah, well, I had them. I didn't like them. So I don't even know where those things are. I don't wear them. Very nonchalant. And in my head, I'm thinking, <laughs> how can you be nonchalant about that? So, you know, we walk across the street. I try not to make a big deal about it. But I'm thinking to myself, I can't believe this. I cannot believe. So what was your response? What was your face looking like? My face, you can see me, but nobody else can. My face was like, 
I was in shock. I was literally in shock. But you know what? I'm not trying to be judgy. If that's your thing, that's your thing. That's your thing. That's that's how you feel. That's fine. That's not for me. So we get to the car and he goes to kiss me. And I said, um, I'm not kiss Oh you. no. Wait a minute. <laughs> said, how did we get there? How did we get there? I mean, this is because the first date. This first date. And I said, um, I'm not I'm not gonna kiss you. And he said, is it because I don't have teeth? I said, yes, it's because you don't have teeth. I said, no teeth is a non-negotiable. It's a non-negotiable. And then I think he was mad. And he said that um, I've been conditioned to accept well, what the rest of the world tells you to accept. I said, no, baby. My preference is for my man to have teeth. And I'm just thinking to myself now, afterthought, I liked him. He seemed like a really down to earth, cool dude. Um, However, that's a problem. That's a but that's a problem. problem. That is a big problem. And you I'm like, everybody, everybody in my circle has teeth. You're gonna be the odd man out. I can't. We can't go anywhere. We can't go anywhere. And that that's just not gonna work for me. It's not gonna. But he was upset. He felt some kind of way. He felt some kind of way. And I can't no, blame he, him. He's, no, I, that's on him. But that's I'm on him. You. If you ask me what is a non-negotiable, people laugh when I say it, but that is the first thing that comes out of my mouth. No teeth. If you don't have teeth or your teeth are jacked up and they're going in 50 million directions or there's one per inch in your mouth, every inch, I only see one tooth every inch. No, absolutely not. Sayonara. Goodbye, adios. That's a non. So wait, here's here's the funny part. So I'm driving home and I'm talking to Leslie. You see, she's quiet over there, right? <laughs> I'm talking to Leslie on the phone, and she's like, "But you know, Trace, in this day and age, you know, some things, you know, you can work with." I was like, "Les, he said he's never going to wear them." She says, "But you know, we can't be so picky." And I was like, "Leslie, come on." I didn't she's know. Like, oh. I said you shouldn't be so picky. After you finish having at your- first, before I'm saying before I went into the detail, I'm 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 not gonna leave you out there, girl. I'm not gonna leave you out there. But then I went on, Terry. I, and she was like, you shouldn't be so picky. Maybe it can make it work. And then as we continued the conversation, I started sharing other things that we were just not on the same page about. And she was like, oh no, that's never gonna work. It's never. Gonna work. Yeah, I mean, look, everybody. You could go right now and go into a club and two out of the 10 women, everything on them may be fake from the hair, their eyelashes, their eyes, their butt, their breasts. So, you know, we're, we live in this world, right, where everything right. can be fake or manufactured. So, yes, if he wants to wear his dentures, you probably would be able to work with that. But if he says he's not going to wear them and he comes on a first date. Not wearing that means he definitely is not playing on random because he ain't he's exactly. not trying to represent. I could work, you know. Listen, people have things. People, you're getting older. Sometimes you have infections and things go wrong. And I dentures. I'm not mad with dentures, but you got to wear them. You can't right. come on your first date, and I'm thinking you got a piece of gum in your mouth, and while you're talking to me, I'm like staring in your mouth, trying to figure out what is going on. Yeah, I do. That's that's number one. No teeth. No yeah. teeth. You got to go. Yeah. So. Okay. That so. Was, 
interesting. Go ahead, Leslie. <laughs> I told so, Terry earlier, my picker's broken. I need a new picker. <laughs> I thought. I'm with you both with the teeth thing. But I do have compassion for somebody who knows exactly what it was, right? And then I asked Tracy, like, what did the uppers look like? And can we, like, if you liked with what you started, <laughs> other, the other aspects of him, I'm like, it wasn't necessarily just about the teeth. It was a combination. Y'all just weren't a match or weren't a <laughs> But I'm saying, like, if somebody came to me and, and said, you know, because of poor health care at the time, I couldn't do this, the teeth are ill-fitting, uncomfortable, if it's somebody that I'm interested in, I don't know. No, but I think, Leslie, I think you probably have some non-negotiables, like things that are at the top of your list. And I'm, I'm serious. I'm laughing, but I am very serious. That is at the top of my list. It no. is. It's at the top of my list, too. I get it. But then I think about it from the aspect of, what if he came prepared with a list and read you for filth and told you everything that if, was... If, if I don't have his number one top thing that he can tell me, he can put up the do sign, peace sign, he's I'm, out. He can be out. If I don't have his number one thing. Yeah. Even if it was just the teeth, Leslie, I still would have been like, that is a non-negotiable. If everything else, you know, it seemed like the doctrine of, of, of being Christian was completely different. That was completely different. I think I called you um, while we were talking on the phone and I mentioned something to you and you were like, Tracy, don't be a snob, give him a break. And I said, that to me was a red flag. That was absolutely a red flag because it seemed bizarre to me. But anyway, even if it was just the teeth and everything else was in line, I would be like, Terry said, deuces. You know, you gotta have teeth. You have to have teeth. So this is this is what I'm saying. Like it would have if, if I, I can only imagine how I would feel if I met somebody for the first time and I think there's a way to, to handle it in terms of when you say what's your non-negotiable it to me i think for somebody that you don't even know just to let them know like yeah this this wasn't a fit you didn't have to tell him about his teeth because no, whatever it sounds like he asked her is it because of my teeth i wouldn't have offered that either but if I, he asked then i would tell the truth i'm just thinking like if i met somebody for the first time and they're like well you know i really don't like women that after all these years, still can't get their eczema under control. And I don't like the fact that, you know, you still do whatever. If it told me all those things about me, characteristics, I would have a problem. My feelings would be but, but I didn't do that, Leslie. I didn't do Leslie. that. I did not do that. I did ask what happened to your bottom teeth. I think I I I was in my right to ask that because. I'm sitting across from him. I'm seeing this. I wanted to know, you know, maybe he was in the middle of a surgery and he was working on it and he didn't have it yet, but he still wanted to meet. I was looking for an opportunity for it to be, I will be wearing them at some point. And I asked and I didn't read him a riot act. I didn't say anything. When we got to the car, we continued walking and talking and the date went pretty good. He was, he's a nice guy. I'm not mad with him. He's a nice guy. 
And when we got to the car, he tried to kiss me. And I said, I'm not going to kiss you. Just like that. Not mean, not reading anything down. And he said, why? Is it because I don't have teeth? And I said, yes, that is a non-negotiable. That's it. I didn't read him anything. And I just, in this day and age, kissing on the first date, okay, you can call me what you want, but we have COVID, we got all kinds of diseases, and I don't know you. And on top of that, you just said you had a mouth infection, and that caused you to lose your teeth. Oh, no. Uh-uh. No. I, do you still have the infection? Oh, well, that I, happened. That was a long time ago, as I gathered. It was a while I'm back. Is that, that on the first date, reaching in yeah. on the first date is a bit yeah. much. No, I, I, I don't. I don't think so. I didn't. I didn't read him. So the presumption no. of he thought he was gonna kiss on the first date. Yeah, like, that's a problem. And that doesn't mean I'm gonna kiss you. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, I, I yeah, even if there were teeth, I wasn't said, kissing. You, know, you you could have easily, just as easily, have said, "No, I just don't kiss on the first date." I could have, but I decided yeah. that I'm not going to. Um, be that person that I've been in the past where I didn't say what it is or didn't mm-hmm. say what I felt mm-hmm. because it didn't serve me, you know? Yeah. And I made that promise to myself trying to be nice and sweet and not hurt anybody else's feelings. Meanwhile, hurting my own damn feelings. Yeah. I'm not going there being mean, but I'm going to say what it is because I had no intentions of ever calling him again. So yeah. why would I, I think that's, that's juvenile, you know, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm a woman. I can say what it is. I wasn't rude. I wasn't mean about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but teeth is my non-negotiable and yeah. it's yeah. not because I've been conditioned. It's because that's my preference. Okay? Yeah. That it's is. just a preference. Yep. And yeah. if you're okay with it, I'm okay with you being okay, but that's not something that I want to be involved in. That's really it. I'm not really not trying to judge. I just didn't think in this day and age that people were actually comfortable walking around with no teeth, but I guess, you know, people I- are so- think about the pain that goes along with wearing ill-fitted dentures maybe that's why he doesn't wear because i can't imagine like it's got to be uncomfortable at some point if they're ill-fitting you never got adjusted to them so maybe that's why he doesn't wear them well, that's what know, he said it was a whole conversation about that leslie like yeah leslie's tripping i think terry i think she's tripping <laughs> <laughs> I can't even imagine Joe coming to you and being, hey, baby. <laughs> and he's got no teeth and never plans to get teeth. He got a toothache right now. He might lose a tooth. A tooth. He's going to lose a tooth. It's also an indication of some financial issues. Like, you can't afford the right fitting dentures. Like, we could go down that rabbit hole and talk about that too. And that's a problem too. Like I can't be dating somebody that can't afford to take care of themselves. Exactly. And that was another one of the things he doesn't go and get health care because he said, if it's not broke, don't fix it. I was like, but how do you know it's not broken? Like the same thing with the pyrea for your, for your gums. If you had gone to check, that could have been prevented. My mother had pyorrhea and she, you know, told me, Trace, you got to take care of your gums because it's hereditary and you can get it. So I go in for treatment because I'm prone to that. My gums are very weak. Like I have my little dental tool out now. I'm getting ready to pick and do what I'm supposed to do. But if you don't check, you don't know. And that's where the problem is. You have to go for checkups. My question to you, when you were having conversations with him prior to meeting him, how were mm-hmm. those 
like there was no God talk before that. There was no talk about like backgrounds and the type of work that we do. And yes, and yes, there was talk about that, but not once, Leslie, would I ever think. Um, excuse me, do you have teeth? But that's gonna be my question now. Is is that's gonna next time I, I, I date before I meet somebody, I'm definitely gonna ask them, do you have teeth? We had talks about God and it was not as intense as it was um yesterday. What about talks about careers and finances? About what? Careers and like where have you where have you worked in the past and what type of, you know, what, what have you been? Yes, we talked about careers. He was with the New York City Housing Authority. He just moved down here. He's looking for a job. You know, we talked about careers. Is he retired? We talked about those things. Say it again. Is he retired from New York City Housing? No, he didn't retire from New York City Housing. He was just ready to get out of New York City and he quit his job is what he shared. And what prompted him to be ready to get out? Did he do a crime? Like what, what was going on? <laughs> No, <laughs> no, now you've not, not, now I think you're being facetious. He didn't say he did a crime or anything like that. His whole family is here. You know, his whole family is here. His parents are here. His sisters are here. His whole family is here. So that was a reason why he wanted to come down and just got to get a different life and slow it down a little bit and be with his family and take care of his parents and all of that stuff, you know? So there was no indication of anything crazy. There really wasn't. There's, if there was, I had a presumption, Leslie, at least for me, that if I'm having conversations with you, and maybe this is the wrong presumption, but there's a few presumptions. Number one, that you're not an axe, mur axe murderer trying to get out of New York. I have that presumption that the police aren't looking for you. And there's also the presumption that you have teeth and you're going to have teeth when I see you. There's certain things I shouldn't have to drill down into in the first hours of conversation, there are certain presumptions that you are an upstanding citizen and you have teeth. But this is my, this is what I want to know. When we're meeting people and we're having conversations, are you able to get enough out of that conversation to figure out like, oh yeah, this is somebody I really want to meet? Yes, or at a meeting. You're not going to get so much on the phone. On the phone, you're going to get a little bit because we're busy. I work, he works, and so we're busy. So you're not going to get it. But we had enough to say, okay, let's meet and see. So what was that? What made you? Because you told me about an incident and I said, don't judge. But what made you decide to go outside of that? What was the commonalities that y'all discussed? Like, oh, well, maybe we do have some things in common. He was very down to earth, very not looking for the same kinds of things in a relationship, no drama, um, companionship, travel, um, spiritual, believed in God, um, working, those so, kinds of things. You know, you don't, when, when you're doing these dating things like this, you don't want to make it feel like it's an integration, you know? And there's no point in going into all of this depth right away until you even find out if there's anything there on a physical. So you meet people, you go out, you meet, you say, hey, okay, we talked and we had a little, so a few surface conversation. And it seems like we have things in line. So let's meet and talk some more. And then when you meet, you can get more in-depth conversations and look at people and see in their face and, and kind of get a sense of who they are and what they're projecting. 
that's how I do it. When he um, said there's no point in being on the phone for months and months and months. And then when you meet, there's no attraction at all. And then you're wasted your time. So when he said he it's all the four weeks found on like where he liked to travel. Yes, we talked about where he would like to travel, what he's like, what he likes to do in his spare time. He's a reader. He reads this book. He read that book. He's interested in history and all different kinds of ancient history and all of that kind of stuff. Yes, we had conversations. It's not like something else came up. You know, if something else would have come up, I wouldn't have went. I would have been like, nope, I'm not interested. I wouldn't have went. I would have said there's nothing in common. There's no point in talking anymore. I'm just saying when 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 you're meeting people before you even invest the time to go meet them, is that somebody that you would want it? Like if he said, yeah, I like to travel and his extent of travel is like he been he went on a bus ride to Atlantic City. I'm like, that's not traveling to me. Like, I, I want to know where, where, if you like to travel. Have you been traveling? Where have you been going? You know, what would just to have more. Yes. Well, I'm saying again, yes, we had those conversations and everything seemed to be in line. Everything seemed to be in line. So when you meet, you have a more in-depth conversation and that's when you start to see, well, mm, the, and it takes more than a couple of conversations on the phone to really figure people out and see who they are. It, it they really have does. this um, TV show called Love is Blind. Yes. And for mm -hmm. six weeks, they are dating each other, but they don't get a chance to see each other. I, I watched that. Then at some point in that six-week scenario, the guy or the girl may express commitment to them and mm -hmm. without having seen them. Mm -hmm. And let, let's just assume if they've expressed commitment and they have to keep that commitment, they're not allowed. To, but let's assume that they have to keep that commitment. If I were obligated to keep that commitment, you are darn sure I would be asking, do you have teeth? Are you an ex murderer? Do you have seven baby mamas? I would be asking all that, right? Before right, I, right. because I, I, I can't see you, but I want to know, do you have, um, are you white? Are you black? Are you Hispanic? Right. You know, right. I would be asking right. about physical characteristics if I was bound to that commitment. But First date, second date, or even just phone dates, I'm not bound to any commitment. But yeah, when I see you and there's no physical attraction or something physically about you doesn't line up with what I like, yeah, then I'm I'm gonna say goodbye. Yes, we had a great time, we had great conversation, everything about you was great. However, this is something that I can't live with. And that happened with one of the, the um, couples. She was six feet tall and the guy ended up being five, four or something. And she was like, everything else is cool, but something in me, there's no way I can maintain a long-term relationship with a man that, and I like to wear high heels too, but a man that I'm a foot taller once I put right. some shoes on. It, there's just certain things you, you want to, you would try and make it work, but it just, it wouldn't work. It would not work. But that's hilarious, Tracy. It is. It is. It's, it's, I'm. I'm glad that I am. You know, I don't. I'm not like super, super sensitive, and 
in my feelings. I want to hear I'm about joking. the other guy that the last time we talked, you you were he vanished. Were on a date or what? What happened? No, he vanished. He vanished. We were talking every day. Great conversation. You know, he has a, a just a handicapped son that he took great care of, and his family was down here. And you know, we had conversations. He was retired. And he, what was he doing now? I forgot what he said he did now, but he retired from um, Jersey. He worked in Jersey. And I, I really don't remember because I just kind of erased it because we were supposed to meet on a Saturday. I spoke to him Thursday and he's the kind of guy that every morning he was, you know, giving me some kind of reading of some sort. And we would speak every single day, sometimes twice a day. And I spoke to him on Thursday. And he's like, oh, I'm so excited. Where do you think we should meet? And we'll meet in Orlando. And I, he said, pick a place because I'm not so familiar. I said, okay, I picked this place. And he's like, oh, this looks great. I looked at it online. All right, Saturday at one. I said, yep, Saturday at one is great. So Friday came and I didn't get a normal um, good morning like I normally get or whatever it is that he says. And I didn't hear from him all day Friday. And I thought that was bizarre. So I sent him a text and I was like, hey, hope everything's okay. I haven't heard from you today. Um, and that was it. Never heard from him again. That, no. And he deleted his, his Facebook media, page. What happened? All his social he media. He deleted people. his Facebook page. He deleted um, the fact, the, the site that we were, you know, we met on. He deleted all of that. The messages that we shared back and forth, gone. Deleted everything. Wow. Like he does not exist. I was like, wow. Phone call. And he was you, older you than me. Calling? Huh? You try calling? No, girl. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to call him. No, I'd just be curious if he would pick up the phone. Mm -mm, I'm not even curious. <laughs> there's a character flaw. It's immature, and there's oh, nothing yeah, for sure. But I, I would just be curious, like if some woman picked up, or yeah, I would just be curious. No, I, I, I no longer cared. You know, Saturday came and went and I was like, okay, who's next? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know. It's a numbers game. And that's all I think about. I don't get so invested in anybody. Um, it's impossible because yeah. you really don't know anybody for a long time. It takes a right. long time to get right. to know somebody. They're going to say whatever you want them to say or whatever they think they need to say mm -hmm. um, to pull you in how that goes you know and then you meet them in person and you can say okay some of the things he said was right and he looks pretty good or he doesn't have teeth and i can't do this or you never hear from him again so it's really a numbers game that's how i look at it now it's a numbers game and you know what i just i came to the conclusion it doesn't matter so if you marry young let's say you marry in your 20s and you don't know jack in your 20s anyway but you you happen to hook up y'all get married you stay married forever and you learn each other as you go and you, you know, bumps and everything happens. That can be the scenario, or you can wait until you're in your forties and fifties. But by that time, you're already very self-aware, know a lot, and you can cut through the bullshit in like five seconds. Right. Right. And, and then it, it's harder. It's so much harder to find and to weed through all of that. It is. So, so what, what scenario do you pick? Let me go in naive, just jump in, don't know what the hell I'm doing, hope it works. Listen, I have no idea. I have no idea. <laughs> it worked for you. 
It worked for Leslie. Well, yeah, but it was a lot. I married of, young too, but that didn't yeah. work for me. Yeah. Leslie and I have lots of war scars. <laughs> After 30 plus years of marriage. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I know. Just, we'll see. You just what? What did you say, Leslie? What Terry was saying, like, how do you cut through all the bullshit to save yourself some drive time and not even go? Like, what was it that would, I don't know, in a conversation that would say, that would make you say, like, even if he had his teeth, but he's not the person that I want to go meet up with? I don't know. I mean, there's a feeling that you get when you figure, you say, you know what, this is probably not going to work. And then two, also in the back of your head, maybe you hear a couple of things and because you may have been too swift previously, you might say, okay, well maybe, you know, like how I called you and was like, mm, cause I was done. I was kind of done then. And then when I called you, I was like, maybe I am being a snob. Okay. Maybe I am. Let me not be a snob. Well, don't in the next, in the future, just go with yeah, your I'm not. Crush. I'm not. Cause I learned how I stuck with what I thought. I wouldn't have went. I would have been like, mm, nope, that's it. But you don't know. That's the whole thing. You don't know. People can tell you whatever you want to hear and you don't know. So it's not like I had so much time invested. It was a month. That's all mm -hmm. it was. Four and, and it's still worth the chance to see what it looks like or feels like in person. Oh, I think so. I absolutely think so. I absolutely think it's worth to go and what see. What if you look like I some like God, like some, you're right. But a drove to the dentist, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. I just think you take your chances. You take your chances, you ask questions and you don't want to be an interrogator. You, you really don't want to, cause that comes off. He's not going to want to meet up with you. So you interrogate him and figure out that he's got everything going for, it. he's going to be like, this chick is interrogating me. I don't want to deal with that. So there's a fine line between being having an interrogation and having a conversation and then getting to know people. And over time, you get to know people. I don't think you get all your answers um, up front. It just, just not the way it's done. So you live and you learn. But next. Yeah. We'll the, the dating chronicles. Well, let me just tell you, I will be asking from here on out. Do you have tea? <laughs> top? and bottoms and that will be a conversation i'd be like why are you asking me that i was like well i'm just curious because you know i met some i will tell people i met somebody i'm not ashamed yeah i met somebody and he didn't have teeth so i'm just curious to know maybe that's a question i should be asking i shouldn't assume you know anyway well i think that's about it for today for us ladies well that was a fun discussion <laughs> I'm glad you enjoyed, Terry. I'm glad you enjoyed. I, I live through the dating chronicles of Tracy <laughs> Hines. Oh, gosh. All right. This is Love Talk. Love Talk for everyday people. Thanks for listening and have a good night. Good night.